You're listening to the 40 Days of Praying for Revival Devotion. Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. These are the words of Jesus. There is so much talk in our day about the end times. You could say we are a generation obsessed with the end of the age. But Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. There is clearly a task to be done before the end will come. So why we spend our time looking for blood moons and antichrists and and not for the reports of advancing missions is a mystery. As it stands, just over 3 billion people on the planet are categorized as unreached, meaning they don't have a large enough church within their culture and language that could possibly share the gospel with them. That's 3 billion lives, men, women, and children who are living in cultures where they might never hear the gospel at all. We often forget this because we drive down the street and we see church buildings here, there, and everywhere. We go to church. Most of the people we know go to church. Christianity is part of our culture in many ways. When you live in a blue world, it's hard to imagine a yellow world and much harder to actually care enough to visit and invest in it, especially if you're content with the color of your world. Looking through church history, we see that there are two engines that typically drive the church out of its comfort and apathy and into the nations, preaching the gospel and planting churches as it should be. And they are the engines of persecution and revival. In the book of Acts, we see revival thrust the disciples out of the upper room and into the streets of Jerusalem, spreading the gospel with everyone they could. However, For some reason, they still did not venture across cultural borders to share it with Gentiles. That was until persecution came. In Acts 11 verse 19, it says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. So persecution thrust them into the nations. And we know in Antioch, a great number of Gentiles received the gospel and a beautiful cross-cultural missions headquarters was established there. Revival and persecution, two engines that get the church moving. I think of the words of David in Psalm 23, your rod and staff, they comfort me. The rod is for discipline, the staff is for grace. Discipline and grace, persecution and revival. I think we have a choice in the matter. As Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he said, what do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love? I think all of us would prefer the engine of revival to that of the engine of persecution. Give us the staff and save us the rod, Lord. Revival is what the church needs if we are to get the job done. It won't be some clever missions program or strategy, though we need programs, though we need strategic thinking, but rather it must be 
God touching lives and breaking hearts for nations and people groups, compelling people to go, declaring, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. I think of a few young men and women I've had the privilege of meeting who are literally burning for nations, but they are too few. I wonder how many more are sitting with callings to nations that are buried and need the fire of God's Spirit to activate them and thrust them forth into the harvest fields. When we look at past revivals, we see something similar in most of them. They birthed missions. They thrust people to nations. They empowered people to be witnesses. The gospel went to the ends of the earth because revival came. Revival leads to missions, and revival is for missions. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is not only for our personal enrichment, though He touches us in incredible and beautiful ways. He is there for the enriching of the nations with the treasure of the gospel, And that happens when he comes in power and turns us into witnesses. So let's be clear. We pray for revival because we need to be better witnesses. We pray for revival because we need the Lord of the harvest to thrust out workers into the harvest fields. We pray for revival because the job still needs to be done. We pray for revival because we care about nations and three billion unreached people. Imagine with me a global revival that results in workers being thrust out from every corner of the world. We could get the job done and the end could come. So let's pray for revival. Lord, I bow my heart and I bend my knee. Send revival, but start with me. Pour out your spirit in an unprecedented way. May all who hear be saved today. May all who are saved proclaim the way. Lord, send revival and start with me. We hope you are inspired to keep praying and to keep believing for revival in our day.